0: hello and welcome to the geeky medics podcast my name is josh chambers and this podcast selfishly gives me an excellent excuse to interview interesting doctors and healthcare professionals from a range of different backgrounds drilling down to why they chose the speciality they're in and what it's really like to do the job in this episode we're concentrating on nephrology the study of renal medicine i hope you enjoy this episode, we're joined by Dr. Alison Armitage, a consultant nephrologist at Southmead Hospital in Bristol. Dr. Armitage, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, it's a speciality we haven't had on before and I find it absolutely fascinating. I'm going to start by asking you a question I ask sort of most guests that come on. And that is, what is an average week like for a nephrologist?
1: Wow, that's a million dollar question, Josh. Well, thank you for asking me to do this. Um, I won't lie and say I'm delighted, but um, so nephrology, great specialty, that's the first thing to say. Uh, I don't think there is an average week uh, in the life of a nephrologist. I guess I can talk you through what I do. So the great thing about nephrology is you have uh, long-term patients, uh, but also it is very acute medicine with sick patients. Now that appeals to some people and not to others. Um, I guess when I was training, which was a very long time ago, um, I got to the end of my SHO rotation, which nowadays is that, what's that, STT, okay. level? Okay, so not just the level. F1, F2, but no. a few years on. So I did, a, yeah, after that, um, and thought, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, and renal medicine was the only thing that really excited me. And at the time, when I was young and energetic and fit, and um, uh, I really loved the acute side of, of kidney medicine. So the acute transplants, the sick patients, the weird and wonderful diseases. Mm-hmm. So all those, um, uh, you know, Questions in your MRCP uh, that come up with the the wacky diagnosis. You pretty much see them all in renal medicine and they come in anti GBM disease, vasculitis, all of that stuff. So, really exciting. Also, if you like practical procedures, that's what's great about renal medicine. So, we do kidney biopsies, we put lines in, Mm. um, and uh, that really is what um, drew me to the subject. Um, at the time. As time has gone on, the other good thing about renal medicine and the other uh, is the uh, long-term uh, care of patients. So as I've got older, I've been, I still enjoy the acute stuff. I'm not so keen at being woken up in the middle of the night anymore, Where mm. I am on a yeah. regular basis. But um, what I really like about it is uh, the relationship that you have with patients over many, many years. Mm. And as you've seen on the wards, we all have uh, patients that we know extremely well, and you go through uh, lots of things with them, and uh, that is what appeals to me um, as much now as the acute stuff does. Mm. So there's pretty much a bit of everything in um, in kidney medicine. Mm. So um, I guess my timetable is split into outpatient and inpatient. Um, uh, bits. so if we're on for inpatients we'll do a week or two on the wards and really focus on uh the the acute stuff on the wards um in the outpatient bit that will be doing dialysis clinics transplant clinics um and general nephrology clinics mm. um and then we all have a particular interest my interest and my niche is it Renal disease and pregnancy. So any woman with um, kidney disease who becomes pregnant, mm. I see them either for pre-pregnancy counselling or for um, ongoing antenatal care w- when they're when they're pregnant. And you work with the obstetricians, which, and I'm very yeah, cl- yeah work very closely with the obstetricians. It's great. It's a sort of a one-stop shop. The clinic because they get their their renal care and they get their obstetric care mm. all in one. Um, you know, it's quite unusual. It's quite an unusual specialty. Uh, and so these women are few and far between, but we've mm. built up over the last sort of eight years, we've built up quite a good um, ex- uh, expertise mm. um, in it. The ladies with transplants um, yeah. have had many successful pregnancies and that's really good to see because actually having kidney failure is, um, is difficult. Um, it's lifelong. Um, and so therefore to be able to have uh, a family life is mm. very, very important for women.
0: I mean, it can consume your entire life, Having being on dialysis and then... You know, Absolutely. Go, yeah. And I
1: mean, we've got, we're, uh, you know, as you know and as you've seen, we've got patients who um, had uh, kidney failure as, ch- as children mm. and then as they got older, they transferred to the adult service. Yeah. And, um, you know, it takes a big toll on people's life, um, both physically and emotionally. Mm. Um, and so therefore, and we go through it with them. And that's what um, I... One of the many things that I like about kidney medicine.
0: Mm. Just going into the the um, sort of more specialised work you do with sort of uh, in pregnancy and things. What sort yeah. of uh, things change? Do you work with just transplantation or, or with like, people with ck So absolutely a- anything.
1: Absolutely anyone. So um, anyone with chronic kidney. So so uh, pregnancy. In anyone with chronic kidney disease, whether mm. that be mild um, CKD through to kidney transplantation, even women on dialysis, mm. there are sig- significant risks and there are increased risks. But those risks can be managed in a sort of uh, in a. A clinic such as the one we do, the most important thing is that we do pre-pregnancy counseling. Mm-hmm. So we talk to women about that particular condition, whether it be chronic kidney disease or having had a kidney transplant, and we talk to them about the risks associated with, with uh, pregnancy. We never tell anyone that they can't have a baby because that's not our job to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what we, what we tell them about is what they should expect to happen and the risks associated um, with that. And in general, we've had lots of very positive outcomes, but it Mm -hmm. most definitely is um, less risky if you are closely monitored um, in a unit and very useful if you've got a nephrologist and an obstetrician there at the same time. Mm. Um, uh, So for example, one of the the key questions we're often asked is uh, women with kidney disease often have proteinuria from the start and Mm. hypertension. Um, they are also at significant risk of getting preeclampsia at the end of pregnancy. My risk in CKD. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you tell if somebody starts off a pregnancy with protein, proteinuria mm. and hypertension, yeah. how actually at the end of pregnancy can you, do you tell whether or not that's preeclampsia or whether it's yeah. just their kidney disease getting a little bit worse because of the pressure of pregnancy? Mm. So it's stuff like that, which in a way, um, it's um, those sort of questions that it's quite important for um, a small number of people to sort of, to be able to look after the patients and yeah, also yeah. to decide. Um, uh, but yeah, we just had uh, a lady with a kidney transplant had a, uh, a lovely baby the other day, and uh, she's absolutely delighted. The transplant kidney, is we always say, there are three things we look after, the mum, the baby, and the transplant kidney, mm. all of them are as important, and um, she's absolutely delighted, and you know is living a normal life. And Mm. that's one of the reasons why she wanted to have a transplant to live as normal a life as possible. And so it's great to see that she's got, had a successful pregnancy. It does get quite hairy at times, I have to say, and it is quite stressful. I have to say, I don't, there are times where I don't sleep very much until they've uh, delivered. But um, it's certainly made my job in the last uh, eight years um, more interesting. Mm. And it's given me something else to focus on.
0: Yeah, yeah, as opposed to just general nephrology. Yeah, as opposed to general nephrology.
1: uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I've been a consultant for 15 years, so it, it gets to the point where um, you get a little bit jaded and um, I think some people go into management, mm-hmm. um, some people sort of have a, um, get, have a national role, some people go into research, I just mm-hmm. did research in order to get my consultant job really, it was a means to an end mm-hmm. and this for me has been something that um, I really enjoy mm-hmm. and find really interesting.
0: So they always say when you're trying to pick a speciality, you know, look at the consultant and uh, are they enjoying things? So y- you think con- it's uh, is nice being a nephrologist? you enjoy your um, time? So yeah.
1: I think my, I suspect my friends and family, might I mean, I think I'm a glass half empty kind of person. And <laughs> in fact, I really hope that people who know me aren't listening to this because I think they'd um, be quite amused. Um, I, so it's a busy specialty and... Um, but it's interesting, and actually, I so I supervise trainees obviously, and, and you know, I say to them, What do you want to do? And the, f- the last few years, I've had quite a few people say to me, um, I, you know, I, I want to get a good work life balance, and, yeah. and renal medicine definitely isn't for me. Yeah. And I think, in a way, that's quite sad because, in actual fact, um, when you go into something as a specialty, you're going to be in it for a long period of time. Mm. Um, and I think you have to you have to love it from the start. Having said that, you can change. And in, in every specialty, you can go in a different direction. I mean, when I went into renal medicine, I never thought I'd end up being an expert in pregnancy um, and kidney disease. Um, and so opportunities come along and along the way. Mm. I don't think nephrology is for everybody. It's quite hands-on. I think you have to be... Um, somebody's a a bit like in Harry Potter. The wand you don't pick the wand, but the wand picks you. (laughs) I think actually, um, you don't maybe you don't pick the specialty, but the specialty Mm. picks you. And there's definitely a personality type in renal medicine. Mm, I was going to say. Yes. What would you say, Josh? <laughs> Maybe I could turn the tables on you. No. But what kind of... This isn't my interview. Oh, okay, to okay. I will say then definitely OCD. I think you mm. have to be very OCD to be, to be a nephrologist. There's, attention know, to detail. It's the attention to detail. And as you know from the ward rounds, we are very, very, um, it's quite consultant-led. Um, mm. And we've got great um, registrars who are also, but they're all a similar personality type, type mm. A, it's the attention to detail, you know, mm. if you ask somebody what the blood pressure is and you get an answer saying, fine, then mm. that's not good enough. Yeah, that was we the want... first
0: thing I said to you, I think, on a walk-around. Uh, did and I you, say, and, and you said, Josh? You, you, yeah, <laughs> your very <laughs> words were, I don't want fine, Josh, I want the exact numbers. <laughs> there you go. And then afterwards you said, but that is fine.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> exactly, but I need to know yeah. the exact numbers. So I think, um, yeah, I think, you, you know, it, renal medicine is most definitely not for everyone. Um but it's a great specialty to do, and it's yeah. interesting. And um, yeah, at times it's a juggle. But I think I think you know every specialty in medicine is a juggle at times, and you'll go through times yeah. where it's not so good. I mean, I've got so I've got three children, girls. They're getting older now. They're seventeen, 17, 15, and eleven. Mm. Um, and that's been difficult to juggle. Um, because I have wanted and, and want to be a hands-on mum. I didn't mm. want them to be looked after by somebody else, but at times I have felt like I'm drowning, um, and now they're getting a bit older. Um, I just get all the sort of, uh, the back chat now. It's not so, um, physically demanding, but, um, yeah, there are times where I've thought I've done the wrong thing. Um, but actually I still like coming to work and that's really important. Yeah. especially when you've got three teenage girls
0: (laughs) better at work than at home (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely um we'll sort of move on to talk about some other areas that that, uh, you work in which is transplantation um which obviously not every renal consultant would be involved with you know there's only specialist centers in the uk yeah um what's it like dealing with transplants and transplant patients and
1: um so you know Ultimately, uh, if you're well enough to have um, a kidney transplant, then that that is the best treatment for you. So um, ideally, as your native kidneys fail, then um, your, you know, ideally you would have a kidney transplant and you wouldn't have to go via dialysis. but that doesn't always happen. Um, in fact, it often doesn't happen. Mm. But ultimately, to have a well-functioning kidney transplant is what we want for all of our, all of the people that we look after and the patients under our care. Mm. Um, it's a great operation to have a look at. So if you ever get a chance to mm. do that, you should go and see when the kidney pinks up and then um, starts to produce urine. And that's very exciting. And that's really... Um, having kidney failure uh, really does impact on your um, morbidity and your uh, l- you know, long term and so therefore if you can um, normalise your kidney function as much as possible with a transplant then mm-hmm. that's what we aim for. Mm-hmm um so it can go wrong at times and you always have to counsel people that it may not work and if it doesn't work that is pretty devastating and it's devastating all the operation huge uh, shooting to do and obviously the the you know the worst thing is is when you have a living kidney donor so at Southmead here we do we've got a healthy living kidney donor program as well Mm. as a deceased donor program Mm um and the living kidney donor you know you're essentially taking a fit and healthy person and you're doing a big operation on them, mm. and removing a kidney and, yeah. and trying to, you know, and if um, that goes wrong and it doesn't work, it is pretty devastating. Um, mm. That doesn't happen very often, and we do our absolute utmost, obviously, to make mm. sure that that won't happen, but it does occasionally happen. Mm. Um, and it, disease, you know, we do get transplant failures, but in general, it's a very successful program, and mm. it's absolutely fantastic to see people who've been on dialysis um, uh, or with failing kidneys and very symptomatic of kidney failure to suddenly actually feel well again. And It probably takes a good year to say everything to settle down but once mm. everything's settled down you see that people who you've known for a long time and seen frequently and have not been terribly well on dialysis or, mm. or with CKD actually starting to live their lives again.
0: I suppose you, you see these people in clinic for years sometimes yeah. waiting for a transplant. And they'll just see you and you'll just be waiting for that call.
1: Yeah, and it's difficult. That's mentally quite difficult. So when they're on the transplant list, because it's very exciting going on the transplant list, mm. but then actually, um, if they haven't got a living kidney donor, which is much more, uh, you're, you're able to manipulate the timing of that mm. um, and you know that it's going to happen. But actually, if you haven't got a living kidney donor, then actually being on the disease donor transplant list is quite... Um, quite a tough thing because it's very exciting going on the list but actually the average wait time is three years right. that's yeah. a long time so how you keep going with dialysis week in week out keep down to your yeah. food restriction keep your diet keep well and fit for that mm. operation and that mentally is quite difficult we've got mm. a great um psychologist or two psychologists attached to the unit and uh, Suzanne does some great work with people in just mm. So you know it's maintaining that hope, but but also not just waking up every morning and thinking it might be the day that I get the yeah. phone call. Um, yeah. it's quite difficult.
0: And making sure, I mean, there's there's obviously a, a mortality and morbidity associated with being on dialysis. Yes. So Significant. Making, so making that call of when, I mean, obviously it's not your call to put them on the register. There's there's well,
1: it's sort of place or uh it's a, yeah i mean each individual nephrologist. so um ideally we aim to put to list people when their gfr is less than just about less than 15 consistently less than 15 mm-hmm. so you know um and try ideally you get a transplant before you go on to dialysis mm-hmm. i i do think sometimes it's not a bad thing if you have a small amount of dialysis because it's sort of I think the difference when you've been on dialysis to having a kidney transplant is huge because you're tied down on dialysis. It's very tying, whichever type of dialysis you do, but particularly hemodialysis. So that's three times a week in the same slot. It's very difficult to go away. It's very difficult Mm. to live your life. It's very tiring. Um, and so therefore and then you get a transplant I mean immediately you still have to come to clinic three times a week you're yeah. on quite big doses of immunosuppression yeah um, so it's sort of replaced by a more but there's hope that ultimately you can start living a much more normal life mm, eventually eventually yeah in fact I mean, there's a lady I looked after recently who had chronic kidney disease, um, sort of stage four. So she was fairly high risk for pregnancy, but she was very, very keen to have a baby. Uh, she came to see us and we, we counseled her and told her that she had a there was a risk that her kidney function would deteriorate and she would end up on dialysis. Mm. Um, now, if you look at the data, there is a significant risk for that, but actually hope that it doesn't happen. And we have had women who've, who've had babies and have not, um, got to that stage but you know uh, that happened to her so she ended up being dialysed in the last four weeks of her pregnancy from 28 weeks to 32 weeks wow. so we got her pregnancy to the point where the baby was in a much better position in terms of, mm. of survival um, she then delivered she then didn't recover any kidney function, so essentially had a baby and ended up on dialysis. Mm. So two pretty major life events all at once. Yeah, yeah. Her baby's very healthy and flew through um, the special care baby unit mm. and um, went home, but she was still on dialysis. Uh, she was then We then decided between us that it would be better if she didn't go on the transplant list straight away. She mm-hmm. had lots of um, relatives that wanted to offer her a kidney transplant. But then dealing with that emotionally, I mean, it's bad enough having a baby, yeah. I know that, but that on top of ending up on dialysis was awful. So we managed to get her from hemodialysis to peritoneal dialysis, which was better because she could do that at home. Yeah, um, yeah. She, and then when her baby was 18 months old, she decided that she would be prepared to have a transplant and go. And actually she, although her mum was being worked up as a kidney donor, she ended up with a uh, kidney off the deceased donor list. And so she has now got a functioning kidney transplant, Mm. um, a healthy toddler, but it's been a real I saw her last week for the first time in a while and um she was really sparky before it all happened and then she really um went through a really hard time. Um and for the first time last week absolutely Mm. understandable and for the first time last week, which is sort of nine months after kidney transplant, she looked back to her sparkly self. She was she mm-hmm. was um, really, uh, you know, happy and jolly. But it's been a, it's a really, really tough time. Mm. So I used to whinge about having a baby, but I mean, to have a baby and have all that, <laughs> anxiety, that is really, then, yeah, really, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, tough. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and you, you, uh, that uh, what I think is what I've realised is must be interesting as, uh, in the speciality is is having that clinic time where you know those patients for such a long time and sort of you see them regularly every couple of months or even more regularly. Yeah, than that and, and,
1: that's that's what I like about it now. Yeah. That's my favourite bit of it now. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I like going to the dialysis units. Mm-hmm. So the dialysis units, the, the other thing about renal is it's a real multidisciplinary uh, specialty. So mm. the nurses are just as important as the doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so actually... I have a great relationship with Caution Dialysis Unit um, and I go out there on a regular basis to see them and they're a real team and it makes you realise how important the nurses are to the patients mm-hmm. and actually more important than the doctors. mean,
0: yeah, they see them three times a week. They see week. them three
1: times a week. They live And it's, a, it's humbling what the nurses do for them. So, uh, you know, I think as a doctor in clinic, you come in, you don't actually ask them necessarily about their... Um, financial situation, for example, Mm. and I found out the other day that the nurses had managed to get some uh, funding for a charity for um, one of the patients who essentially is coming towards the end of her life, has got young children, it's a very sad situation, but they got her some money for a charity for a new fridge because she's got very little money and also to go away for a weekend mm-hmm. and that was and they'd arranged her dialysis and they'd done and you know and that was all done behind the scenes and these these nurses are un, unsung heroes they're absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. and they are brilliant for the patients they do an awful lot for the patients behind the scenes that we don't know about mm-hmm. um certainly i mean you know i get to know about it but you guys on the wards is that that bit is a very different to mm. the acute medicine that you see on the wards on mm. the renal unit mm.
0: but also if you wanted to you can as some registrars who do intensive care as well on the side you know if yep. you want to do other bits with oh, renal.
1: yeah and that's quite new actually uh so we've got two i think two registrars who are doing an itu renal job um i think that's an interesting because that for me it makes it's quite Funny when they come back from their ITU stint, um, yeah. because we need to get them back into the renal fold, and they need to be <laughs> they need to yeah. be a little bit more chatty. It's they're two quite different specialties, yeah. And certainly, like I mean, ITU is absolutely it's the antithesis of renal medicine when it comes to long term care of patients. There is no long term care yeah. of patients on ITU, and so um that'll yeah. be an interesting one to watch out. I mean, I assume that ultimately um those those people will maybe end up with sort of expertise in acute kidney injury or transportation. I don't know. I mean, it's very interesting to see how that mm. works out. I mean at the other end of the spectrum, uh, something uh, palliative care. I mean you know one could argue that we have our uh, care of the elderly/ yeah. slash palliative care. Yeah. you know a lot of our yeah, yeah. Um, population require those services um
0: because by definite i mean if they're not fit for transplantation and they're put on dialysis, you there is a time frame associated with that well
1: there is josh although there's a it's interesting because renal patients seem to defy they do seem to (laughs) defy all odds and so we have to be we're very protective of our patients i think um because if for example they come in and they're unwell and they're assessed by intensive care it's very easy when you've got past medical history of chronic kidney disease, and end-stage kidney failure. Um, it's, a lot of people tend to write them off, mm. and we don't like that because actually they have really good quality of life, and very often they divide the, defy the odds. There's something very special about the, the kidney mm. patients. And in actual fact, we've had a, we've had a few sort of 90-year-olds on dialysis and you know uh, colleagues from other specialties are sort of looking at us thinking gosh how could you possibly but in actual fact you could argue that it's survival of the fittest and these people have, <laughs> have survived that long um there was a very well-known bristol artist who was on dialysis a few many years ago um and he was absolutely delightful he was on dialysis for about five years had a really good quality of life carried on doing his painting had a sherry every lunchtime, and then tea time and um, had a brilliant quality of life so um
0: don't write off patients. Don't write off patients because of mm.
1: absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Other. I mean, you were you were right in saying other specialities. Uh, and even if I think back in, in medical school, are a bit scared of renal medicine. It's like it's it's this area that no one really knows. And anything about. I quite like that. I quite. <laughs> like, I don't really. I,
1: I don't really. I mean, I think um, yes. And what. Um, so, I, you know, you could argue that everybody should do a renal attachment, which obviously isn't possible, but I think there's a bit of something for everyone. So it's good mm-hmm. if you're a GP trainee, it's good if you want to be a renal physician, and mm-hmm. it's good if you're in another medical or surgical specialty. Um, one area that is, I think, uh, has had a lot of focus recently is the management of acute kidney injury. Mm-hmm. And um, rightly so, because actually it is badly managed in a lot of um, areas, but it's definitely more topical now and mm. just to be able to not be scared of kidney function and kidney failure someone's creatinine is rising it's to know you know it's a lot of it is down to this there's, there's obviously the weird and wonderful things that we see that require people to have kidney biopsies but there's also also a lot of very basic stuff that can be done mm. to um improve the situation before it gets mm. too late really mm.
0: last thing covid Ah oh, yes it's affecting, I didn't quite realise how, but uh, dialysis units when I mean, people have COVID, I mean...
1: Yeah, so COVID's been a challenge. And we, um. I think in the first wave, we were... I mean, you know, it's unprecedented. That word's been used so many times. It's, it's sort of overused for COVID, isn't it? But um. we certainly in the South West were very protected first time round. Mm. We made an awful lot of plans um, that were put in place and it didn't really come to much. The service wasn't put under the pressure that we thought it was. Mm. I think this time around might be different because the mm. numbers in Bristol are much higher. Mm. Um, but the logistics, particularly for renal that we face, so there's obviously um, the, the dialysis units. So the dialysis units are um, usually housed 20 stations. 30 stations all very close to each other probably Mm. less than 2 metres apart and people go and sit on a machine for 4 hours um, 3 times a week Uh, people, 4 to 6 shifts a day Um, and as you can imagine uh, essentially Covid can spread very quickly Mm. in those areas Um, and then uh, you know and also these people have uh, comorbidities, in actual fact the first wave certainly what happened, but the the sort of positive side of things was they are actually seeing a nurse three times a week, so they're going for their dialysis session and somebody's mm. looking out for them. Mm. So I think there was perhaps um some criticism that uh, people in care homes weren't being monitored closely, but in actual fact the people on dialysis were. They were they were having to come out. They were unable to shield, so mm. that was one challenge. Yeah. You can't shield if you're yeah, on dialysis. Yeah. Um, and they were coming out and they were being seen. So in actual fact, they were being admitted fairly uh, quickly to the ward, given oxygen and sort of supportive therapy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're obviously a very vulnerable group. But in terms of logistical planning for that, that's a bit of a nightmare because ideally everybody would dialyze in a, in a single room. But w- we do not have a single room. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically have two isolation rooms on each dialysis unit and that's it. Um, so we've had to do, um, you know, what we can in order to protect both the staff and the patients. Mm. And of course you can't just, I mean, you, some people can miss a dialysis session, but in general you can't miss your dialysis, Mm. um, and the other issue is if the staff all go sick, then they can't be dialled. the patients can't be dialysed. So yeah. that's been a real challenge. Uh, Transplantation has also been a challenge. So obviously, uh, immunosuppressing someone in the face of a COVID yeah. pandemic is a uh, high risk. Um, we learned a lot from the first time round. The transplant programme, both living kidney donor and deceased donor, was suspended. This time round, we are trying to keep it going as long as it remains safe. Mm. and in the safest possible way and um, some units around the country actually are uh, organised so that they're on a cold site so that they can keep Covid um, positive patients away mm. and they're better set up really for Covid but um, we're certainly aiming to keep transplantation going and so far it's been very successful since we restarted the programme mm. and nobody's gotten well. mm.
0: Thank you, Dr. Armitage, for joining us on the podcast. That was really interesting. And thank you all for listening. If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast and want to hear more from us, then please do consider subscribing. And failing that, if you want to hear more about what geeky medics get up to generally, then do follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As ever, thank you to the producers of the podcast, Alice Appleton and Lewis Potter.